luscious ass babes i am here with the one the only coach kale this is a boss bitch rising in the flesh with a podcast titled the same i am so happy to have her here what's up babe Hey, love. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, it's such a blessing to not only know you, but share our love and light with the world together. Ooh, baby. <laughs> oh, daddy. You know exactly <laughs> what to say to get me ready yes. and excited. I love it. <laughs> Tell us more about what you do because your skill set is so abundant and amazing. I want everyone to know just how magical you fucking are. Thank you, my love. Um, well, I coach boss babes to step into their purpose with power and confidence by first creating healing, awakening the goddess that's within, then stepping into deep alignment within their self, and then ascending into being a boss ass bitch. Mm. Mm. No big deal. Not not even anything <laughs> serious at all. No way. No how. So. I really love what you said too, like that choice of words, like awakening the goddess within. I want to know how that began for you in your own life, like awakening that goddess energy, like that goddess soul activation. I know that you have a course that's called goddess soul activation. So usually, you know, we create from our own experiences or we create what we we wish we had at one point in our lives. So who is that for? Like what past version of kale is that for? Well, so I was always a tomboy when I was a kid. I only wanted to hang out with the boys, play sports, build forts, hike, do the boy thing, right? Played with cars. I loved cars as a kid. I loved cars now as an adult. And so I was very connected to that masculine energy from a very young age. Honestly, if you asked me when I was a kid if I wanted to be a man or a boy, I would have said yes. That would have been my preference. Thank God the whole option wasn't an option when I was a kid because (laughs) I probably would have chose being a boy and identifying as a boy when I was a kid because I really just didn't feel connected to my feminine energy at all. I literally did not even want to be associated with it. And from such young age, it just was my natural pull to be the tomboy. And for whatever reason, that's what empowered me. And going through my life experience, I I was sexually assaulted at 13 years old, which further instilled in me that being a woman was bad, that bad things happened to women. And I did not want to associate in being a woman. But as all of us women do, we go through puberty. And so as I started going through puberty and I, you know, developed my lady lumps and my emotions and <laughs> and all of the things that we do when we go through puberty, I started to have to accept my feminine energy. I could not deny it anymore at that point. And I still was pretty uncomfortable with it, but in my evolution and then going deep and healing from my sexual assault, healing my toxic relationships, healing relationships that weren't really serving me the way that I wanted them to, and stepping into my own power, I had to accept my feminine energy. It was just a part of the journey to healing for me. And we all have that duality of energy, the masculine and feminine, the divine masculine, divine feminine energy. And we all typically operate from one more than the other. And for most of my life, I literally denied that feminine energy of mine. And I was always feeling like I was falling short or I was unworthy of love or I wasn't able to fully succeed in things. And 
I wholeheartedly believe it was because part of my energy system, energy source was completely shut out, intentionally shut out. And when I finally took the responsibility of going through my own healing and connecting deep with my source energy, part of that source energy was connecting deeply with my goddess soul, my higher self, my highest, most authentic self. And when I really dug to the core of who I authentically am, I had to heal past a lot of my shit that I was telling myself for a long, long long time and rewire those thought processes, the belief systems that I had that were subconsciously programmed from very young age. And that's when I realized I absolutely love being a woman, that I feel empowered when I'm connected to my feminine energy, that I feel more empowered connected to my goddess soul than I ever did to my masculine energy. But when I allow them to be balanced and flow nicely together, there's this beautiful harmony that literally awakened the depths of my higher self. And I am so passionate about helping other women get reconnected with who they are authentically to understand and love both their masculine and feminine energy and then to step into their power because now their existence in life is more purposeful it's free it is aligned with everything that they want and believe and desire out of life oh that is so fucking amazing I can feel the passion behind everything you're saying. And I feel how much you truly mean that to your core. And I always love talking to people where their message and their purpose is so clear. I just love that about you so much. I'm really curious because this is kind of a newer concept for me, which is the concept of masculine and feminine energy, right? Like balancing those, like what it means to actually be in touch with your feminine or your masculine or when maybe you're blocked in one or struggling with the other or really embodying one more than the other. So I'm curious to know how you would define that, right? Like the difference between masculine energy and feminine energy. So masculine energy would be more of someone who is pragmatic, analytical. They like to have things really structured and pretty pretty formed in a, in a concrete, conceptual way. And on the contrary, the feminine would be someone who's more free, free-flowing, accepting, uh, someone who is more creative and gentle, where the masculine energy would be somebody who is a little bit more stern and factual, and this is the way that it is. And when we we have to operate from both and accept both because we both, we have both. There is a duality between the two. But when you're able to lovingly connect into both energies and love the flow of your life and be creative in that flow and then also have the masculine where you're also able to have the structure and you enjoy the learning process and there is a little bit more of like the analytical where you're learning from your experience as well both of those have to flow together in order for you to feel complete and whole and grounded Ooh, I like that. Something just popped into my head when you were talking about the differences and how they come together, even though they're very different, very stark contrasts. When they come together, that's when beauty happens. And I was thinking about how the fact that, you know, traditionally in the traditional world to create life, you need both a man and a woman to create life. And I think that's really a fascinating concept, thinking about how 
you can't have one without the other. And even though they are very stark in contrast, beauty and life is created from those two energies merging together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's like when we're able to accept that and feel through both of those energies, typically you can identify if one of those energy systems is off. If you feel like I did, like very shut off to one of those energy systems, or if you feel like maybe being creative is a negative trait and allowing that creative flow is something possibly children do or only women do, or that's not something that you do. We are all creative in some way, shape or form. We are all creative or if you are a little bit more structured or maybe you shut the structure out, like there's so many different parts of who we are and it's like exploring and honoring them. And I feel that's where the beauty comes in really connecting into your highest self is doing the self exploration, asking yourself the tough questions, understanding what is truly important to you and why, where do those belief systems come from? Where do those core values come from? And are they all serving your highest and best good? I think a lot of us have core values and belief systems that are instilled in us from such a young age. They become subconsciously programmed. They become our identity, but they're not really our authentic identity. They are just what has been subconsciously programmed. We all have been raised by parents, teachers, neighbors, family members, guardians, what have you. We've all been raised by a bunch of different people. And all of those people try to protect us and raise us to become very strong, good people. But unfortunately, a lot of those people who raise us have their own opinions. Not all of them are going to serve us in the highest and best way. And those opinions, those biases, those belief systems are subconsciously programmed. And we sometimes adopt those belief systems and operate for the rest of our life under those belief systems that are not authentically ours. And so as we're growing and connecting into our goddess soul, Connecting in deep to who you are authentically is like the first step that I have my clients do. Because if you don't know yourself and who you really are at your core, how can you do anything after that and actually ascend into your highest self? You, it's hard to create healing. It's hard to manifest things. It's hard to really get what you want. It's hard to feel aligned. It's hard to step into your purpose and your power because there's clutter in that subconscious mind that's not yours. Yeah, that's really amazing. Just so fascinating when you start to dive into these things. And it really is incredible, like what the world opens up to you when you start to understand that the belief systems and the baggage of, you know, your family or the people that influenced you or, you know, your ancestral traumas or whatever it is. When you think about how limiting beliefs usually are planted within us, like in our subconscious minds as kids, it's usually coming from our parents or our loved ones, whoever we're around a lot when we're kids. Think about how long those limiting beliefs have been circulating in your family line for, like centuries upon centuries. Like I get chills just thinking about it. How amazing is it that we have these tools to be able to rewire and create an authentic experience just from whatever it is that we want, whatever it feels most in tune with our goddess soul how like i i always get blown away by that because as much as it's like it's horrifying and scary at first to confront a lot of these beliefs and cycles and patterns in our lives that have gone through all of these 
different times and generations of people. But again, it's, it's so beautiful when you understand that, wow, I can create something different now. Absolutely. Yeah. Those generational cycles and belief systems that may have once worked, right? They may have been successful at one point in time, but the world is constantly adapting and evolving. And now it's changing faster more than ever before because of the rapid sharing of information and technology. So belief systems are changing very quickly. And the way that we have to interact within the world has to change as well in order to match the outcomes that we want in the environment that we are in. And I use like timeline techniques as one of the ways to address certain belief systems. But another way that I have, it's a very simple practice that I have my clients identify their own core values and belief systems is to literally write down and it's like purging your brain and getting as much of your ideas out onto a piece of paper as you can. So you take a piece of paper, fold it in half. On one side, you write down all of the belief systems or core values that you can think of that you stand for. And then on the other side, all of the belief systems and core values that you don't stand for. So a couple of my personal core values is like generosity, kindness, respect, openness, like open-mindedness, ambition, intention. So those are some of the powerful core values that are very strong in me, deeply rooted in me and motivate me. And then other things that I don't stand for, if the opposite of generosity is like being cheap or rudeness or closed-mindedness or people who are mean, those are things that I don't stand for. So now I know literally black and white what I stand for and what I don't stand for. And so I have my clients write down as many as they can think of that feel in line, in alignment with them. And then I have them go through this core values assessment and they rate each one that they wrote down on a scale of one to 10 and one meaning not that important, 10 meaning very important. And so because this, these are all core values that they thought of and produced on their own, they're usually pretty important to them. So they can usually range between a seven and a 10, but I pull, I have them pull out the most important. So the ones that are tens, I have them pull out, or I have them pull out the most important 10 for themselves. And then I have them assess the action that they take on a daily basis within their core value. So if one of their core values like mine was generosity, every day, how are they being generous? Do they feel they could be more generous or are they being as generous as they possibly could be? If they are being as generous as they possibly could be, that would be a 10. And then I have them rate their receiving, how they receive generosity. Are they receiving opportunities, people, circumstances that are highly generous into their life? If there is a strong contrast between their action and their receiving, then that means there's an imbalance somewhere. And then I go through a series of questions to get to the root of why there is such an imbalance, a heavy imbalance. And usually that lies in the way that they're thinking and approaching certain things in their life. And when I get my client to go through this core values assessment, they understand on a deeper level how they are manifesting certain things into their life, as well as what is in alignment, what actions they can now start taking to be in deeper alignment with all of the things that they're doing in their life and how they're taking action to attract what they want and receive in their life as well. Oh, I love that so much. I love the polarity, right? Because the 
biggest way to get clarity on what it is that you want in life or what is actually important to you and what your core values actually are is understanding what that opposite of that looks like. Like, what do I not like? Who do I not want to be? What do I not want to experience? That is powerful. Yeah. That's that's insanely powerful and it also the i like the exercise that you have your clients do too and it sounds a lot like understanding where the imbalances are with masculine and feminine energy right like how how easily do you give this and how easily do you receive it that's yeah. huge yeah and it's also good because it helps them realize like if they're if they value generosity and they give generosity a lot. They're always being so generous to somebody, but now they're surrounding themselves with people who are takers. They take, 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 and they never give back. That person, she will feel so unfulfilled and drained because her core value is not being replenished. She's giving more than she's receiving. And so that creates an automatic, like, unalignment in her operation through life. And it's just, like, very similar to your love language, right? If you're in a relationship and you feel that there is some sort of disconnection, first thing I always have my clients look at is what is your operating value? What's your love language? And how are you showing up? But also how are you receiving? Are you receiving like you need to? Is that if is your love language being fulfilled? Are you filling your love your partner's love language up? And it's always Giving and receiving is how we create that alignment in relationships, in our approach in life, in our manifestation, all of it. I love that. It's, it perfectly ties into, into that concept of the masculine and feminine energies. Like you can't have one without the other. There has to be that equal give and take or else that's where you start to feel unfulfilled or you start to feel frustrated or taken advantage of, right? That's powerful as fuck. I yeah. I love that. That's really good. There was something that popped up randomly while you were talking and I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I'm fascinated by your story because you are like this gorgeous fucking goddess. You coach women. You're just this bad bitch, right? But your your story growing up was very much like I am in my masculine. I want to be a boy. Fuck being a woman. And you know that sexual assault happened when you were a young girl. So a lot of interesting things that would wound your feminine happen to you. And we were talking a lot about like subconscious programming and how we pick up the baggage and limiting beliefs of our parents or our family members that have come before us, like generational things. I'm wondering if there's anything that you've discovered on your wild ass journey through personal development, because I know it's been a fucking journey as it mm -hmm. has been for me. If there's anything that you've found about like the generations before you or within your family, like were there certain like expectations for your feminine, like being a woman, were there certain maybe limiting beliefs or like ideals that you didn't align with, which maybe caused you to step away from it possibly? Nothing that I can really like pinpoint necessarily, but I think like my dad was 22 years in the in the Navy. So he was very military minded. Both my parents come from a very small town, 9,000 people in the town that they're from. And they were raised in the Catholic church. So I think like a mixture of like how they were raised, plus 
being in such a small town, right? Like everyone's under a microscope. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows what you're doing. If you do anything wrong, word travels fast. And then my dad being in the military, I feel like the combination of those three things really affected the way that he parented me. And it was like, I was always under a microscope and I was always, I was always doing things to conform to his belief systems. And so I felt like for the most part, a lot of my upbringing was very controlled, very, very controlled. And so my creativity was stifled quite a bit. And I was, I'm still an artist. I paint, I sculpt. I do that for fun as a release. I haven't really painted or sculpted anything in a long time because my business is fulfilling my creative side now, but I'm a very creative person. And so that was one way that my feminine energy was being fulfilled. But my dad looked at that as like a waste of time for a lot, a a large part of my, my upbringing. So I kind of did it in secret. Well, on the opposite side, my mom's an architect and interior designer. So she's very creative. She owned, she's retired now, but owned her own business. And so I feel like having my mom, my mom's always been my idol, my role model. So growing up and having her be the person I look up to for what it's worth, like, I hate to say this because I'm an entrepreneur now, but like having my mom be a fucking boss bitch and, and looking up to her in that sense. But being that she owns her own company and like was the boss that was masculine for me, like watching her do that. So I was like, fuck, like I want to be just like my mom when I grew up. And so, yeah, there was no real event that was pinpointed, but I just was, I just always gravitated more towards sports and I wanted to be the tough chick. And I saw that like, the way that girls were treated and the way that boys were treated, like being the tough girl, I was treated differently. I was, I never wanted to be the princess and baby talked and like that kind of thing. Like I wanted to be talked to like I was an adult. And so maybe now that I'm talking it out, (laughs) I think maybe, (laughs) um, just um, a live therapy session. No big deal. (laughs) Maybe. So now that I'm talking it out, maybe it was like, I always was more drawn to being an adult. I always wanted to be treated like I was grown. I could not fucking wait to be an adult. And so I think part of that, maybe I connected more with the masculine energy of like providing, right? And and working and doing that whole thing, even though my mom worked and she provided just as well as my dad did. I think maybe the draw for me to grow up faster than I should have was what made me feel more connected with that masculine energy. Yeah, because I think the masculine energy, it has a lot to do with like responsibility and taking action. I was the same way. I'm pretty convinced that we're the same person at this point because I was exactly (laughs) like that too. I could not wait to grow up. I wanted to get my license the first day that I could. I wanted to have a boyfriend. I wanted it now. Like I, I wanted to grow up so, so badly. And I think it was in part due to a lot of masculine energy for me too. I really relate to a lot of what you're saying because I found like a lot of the, like the feminine people in my life when they were, when they placed themselves in positions to only receive and not give or take action, I found like it, I got this sense, like that feels weak to me. It feels unsafe. It feels vulnerable. 
So how about I rush this process and I start making money and I start taking care of myself and I become an adult so that I never have to be vulnerable or you know in that feminine place. There was something that really scared me about like having the typical role of you know being a wife or being a being a mom you know having the husband go and make all the money and you be at home like that always really scared me a lot because that feels like a very vulnerable thing to be that deeply in that feminine role yes no i totally relate with you on that so hard right now mm. <laughs> i'm pretty sure we're the same fucking person <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually, it's crazy that you say that. So I was in a, in a relationship. So 2016 was like a really fucking shitty year for me and lots of toxicity, lots of releasing, lots of realization and moving into 2017, that was my first, um, <clears throat> healthy relationship for what it's worth that I had ever had. <clears throat> and I'm a pretty alpha chick. Like I just, people men and women call me daddy. Like that's my fucking nickname. <laughs> and, and it's natural. I've, I can't tell you how many guys will be like, I'm not going to call you that. No. And then like two hours in us and it's like our first meeting. I'm like, you can call me daddy. That's fine. They're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to fucking call you that. And I'm like, okay. And then two hours later, they're like, I can see why people call you daddy. And almost always they'll just start calling me daddy. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I got daddy energy, I guess. <laughs> But where was I going with this point? Oh, 2016, moving into 2017. Uh, I, I jumped into like the healthiest relationship that I had ever been in up to that point. But the dynamic of that relationship was off because I still held the masculine role in our relationship and he held the feminine role. And by that, and I hate to say this, but like the, the typical standard of like, the woman's supposed to cook and clean and do all of that stuff and cater to the man. I don't believe this by the way, but like, that's like the, the stereotypical role of the woman in the household. And then the man goes and works and he's out of the house and he comes home and gets catered to. Well, the roles were reversed in that relationship where my boyfriend would cook and clean and massage my feet and like pamper me and cater to me, which obviously felt fucking awesome. And then here I am like out of the house all day working and I come home and get served, you know, when I get home and I'm like, yes, of course that felt great. But the dynamic of the energy in the relationship was off. And we actually ended up going to counseling because I loved this guy so much and I wanted to feel the shift of energies. I didn't even know it at this time. The therapist literally told us he's like yeah kale's the masculine and you're the feminine and you both want the opposite role but you're naturally the feminine energy and she's naturally the masculine energy and there's nothing you can do about it and when i had when he said that to us i was just like holy fucking shit like this changes the dynamic of our relationship now that we both know this and our relationship didn't last very long after that because he was just naturally a feminine energy and I was ma naturally masculine energy. And now in relationships, that's something like, or in dating, that's something that I really do look at is like, I like to feel feminine in a romantic relationship. I really enjoy feeling like that role of like being a woman and being like a goddess in this relationship. And it's sometimes hard to find that when your nickname is daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
podcast is definitely going to be named like daddy energy or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the record, I do not want any future boyfriend or my future husband to call me daddy. Like do not want that. So and when you want to call him daddy? Do you want to call fuck him? Daddy? Yes, I do. Hell right. yes. All right. If I, I I was dating this guy like a couple months ago, and he same shit was like, I'm not gonna call, I'm not gonna call you daddy, not gonna happen. And then I I need to send you this video. I got him on video calling me daddy. (laughs) And I'm like, after that, I was like, yep, I'm not gonna be dating this guy for too much longer. <laughs> That's the test. The yeah. test is if they eventually call you daddy, because if they do, it ain't gonna work. Oh, this yeah. is good stuff. That's really interesting. <laughs> this is all super fascinating. For for me and my relationship, I think why it works so well is because me and my husband are both really balanced in that. Because I'm really, really feminine in a lot of ways, but then there's certain ways where I like to be really masculine. And then with my husband, like, he's a guy that's, like, really in tune with his feminine energy, but he's also, like, masculine as fuck, too. So that's what I like. Because I like, I'm so, I'm a fucking Libra, so can't fucking decide where I'm fucking at, (laughs) the scales. So I'm like, I want to be feminine today. But then today, I want to be the fucking boss. And then I'm like, no, coddle me and take care of me and hold me like a delicate baby. Like, it kind of jumps... And I need someone that can keep up with that shit. And luckily, I did find someone. So, fuck, if I can find somebody, y'all can find somebody. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. And it's like, I think it's so important to, in a relationship, especially romantic relationships, to have that balance of masculine and feminine. Because we both have that energy, that energy has to be balanced. And if it's not, then you'll have, like, in my past relationship, the fight over, like, I was dominant, masculinely dominant in that, and he was femininely dominant in that, but we wanted the roles to reverse, but it was just like, that was just the natural order of how things fell in place in that relationship. And him trying to step up in a more masculine way was inauthentic to himself. And that created a lot of confusion in him and how he operated and problem solved and thought and did things. So it was just like, like for me, it was just frustrating because I, I could foresee that this isn't going to last very long. And it sucked because, you know, I really did love him, but the, the whole dynamic of our relationship just wasn't working. And so what you said, it is very important to be able to be in touch with your emotions, to be able to be stern with each other when need be, but no, it's out of a place of love and respect to have the structure in your relationship, but to also have flow and spontaneity. And so it's like the duality of all of the qualities that belong to the masculine and feminine traits. It is important for both of you to have that and to find the balance in there. I love that. And something you said that I've always said, I say to my friends, I had to say to myself, is that love ain't always enough. You loved this guy. And so many of us, you know, we love people, even if they're toxic, even if they're not a thousand percent right for us, right? And I always ask my friends, like, are you fucking wowed? Like, are you wowed by this person? Are you wowed by this guy or this girl? And they're just like, no. And I'm like, well, then no. No, if it ain't right, it ain't right. Love ain't always enough. And I'm like such a firm believer that you don't have to settle for just okay or just like oh well maybe we could work it out like i love that you know you y'all never went to settle no no never. 
Never. Because you do, you get to have it all, masculine and feminine energy, balance in your relationship. Because I love that, you know, you went to counseling with this guy and then y'all ended up being like, nah, it ain't going to happen. That's not, it's not working out. It's just, it's just the way it is. Like, you never have to settle for that. Like, you can have it the fuck all. I yeah, love that. Absolutely. And it just keeps getting better too, is what I should say. Like, when you are able, well, I'll speak for myself. When I was able to transition from having nothing but toxic relationships in my past and then having the worst fucking year of my life to then go from all of that into having a very loving relationship with somebody who like wanted nothing more than to make me happy and serve me. Obviously that felt good, but there was still that imbalance. There were areas of our relationship where he was overcompensating and I was not reciprocating. And I didn't like the way that that made me feel because it was like, I know I'm not giving this guy what he deserves, but I just don't feel like doing it. I just don't feel like doing it. And another poor thing was, poor thing on my end, was I was being conditioned, and so was he, where no matter what, he was always giving me whatever I wanted. And... I could do nothing or the bare minimum and he was still going over the top. And some people, that might work for some people. For me, I didn't like that because it wasn't showing me that I could rely on him in a sense of telling me when I'm fucking wrong and allowing me to be like kind of put in my place. And I think part of that for me in relationships, like being put in my place in a loving and respectful way is important to me because I don't want you to blow smoke up my ass my whole fucking life. I want you to be a partner in helping me elevate and level the fuck up. That's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to be, you know, fucking told I'm awesome every single day and when I'm not being awesome today. And that's what I'm being told every day. It's not like, am I awesome every day? Fuck yes, I am. But when I'm fucking up, let me know. Like, (laughs) hello? Don't be a yes man. <laughs> no, no yes men here. No, I know that was like totally off topic, but. <laughs> no, it was perfectly was on topic. No, it was perfectly on topic. I love it. I love it. Well, it's all relative, right? Because we're talking about the masculine and, and feminine energies and just our experiences with it and how it all plays together and how it's not something you can cheat. Like energy is not something that you can cheat. Vibration is not something that you can cheat. There's no easy way out. There's no fucking cheat code. If it ain't right, it ain't right. And if it is, it is. And you can either rise to meet it or release it. That's that's kind of where it's at. Absolutely. Like, I think, and especially in our ascension into being our fully authentic self and acting our goddess soul, like the ascension into that, you have to be more self-aware and in your self-awareness, you're able to understand if certain things are for you or not for you way quicker than we ever were able to before. And it's a combination of intuition, really knowing yourself and then feeling the energy of the situation of the person. And I feel sometimes people like, blindly love us or blindly hate us they don't really have real strong reasons to they just do and it's because in my opinion it's because they've created this image of who they think you are and so they've become so 
brainwashed by themselves that they're they've they've painted this picture of who you are in their head and now you can do no wrong and now you're on a pedestal and it's like how can we take that same relationship and apply it to ourselves do we do that to ourselves do we put ourselves on this pedestal of like we're god no one can touch us or do we put us so far down even beneath the little peasants that we're like scum of the earth and that's how we operate and think about ourselves like where is the justification behind how you feel about yourself are you doing the things that you can do to help elevate your existence and your consciousness and your action towards everything you desire in life? Or are you sitting here having a fucking pity party for yourself every day being the victim and not taking control over the direction of your life? And I was there for such a long time. Same. Same. <laughs> Preach, bitch. Preach. Preach, like, tell him. scolding my younger self. <laughs> uh, me too. I'm like, like past Lauren is like feeling the burning in her ear. The daddy kill. <laughs> the daddy. So you guys wonder why um, men are intimidated. Uh, <clears throat> look no further. Right? Don't piss me off, huh? <laughs> Don't get daddy with her panties in a twist because <laughs> goddamn, you're, you're going to get it. Right? Yeah, I love that though. I fucking love it. It's all so true. It's so true. I love what you were describing too about relationships because fuck, I've had both where I was like scum of the earth and then I had like where I was on a pedestal I could do no wrong. And now what's so awesome about like being in a balanced relationship is that it's both. Like I have someone that calls me out and then I have somebody that, you know, is supporting me unconditionally but also knows when I need to fucking be put in my place like that's a good feeling and it's also like the identification of what if he puts you in your place in on a day that you're not in a fucking good place to be put there right you're like on your period or you're pmsing or you're like something happened that he doesn't even know about and then he puts you in your place and you're like you start crying <laughs> like your chin starts you know twitch twitching and you're like <laughs> and it's like having somebody that can identify like oh fuck she needs love she needs to be nurtured right now and and then can switch the energy instantly and it's like we can also apply the same shit to ourselves. where some days we are in a place of needing to be nurtured instead of being hard on ourselves. other days we can be hard on ourselves, and that's motivating to push push further and so being self-aware enough to know that every day is not the same Monday of this week, I was super fucking productive. I worked 13 hours straight. I got a lot of stuff done. Then literally the next day I worked for six hours and I kept trying, I kept trying, I kept trying to get stuff done. And I was just resistant. I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop. Like I'm not getting much done. I'm not being very productive. So I'm just going to stop and nurture and listen that side of me. And it's always finding the balance. Again, it goes back to finding the balance. I... I love that. It does. It all comes back to the balance because not only are we discussing like relationships and how that balance plays out and how imbalances play out, but first and foremost, you have to hold that energy and that space for yourself and understanding what it is that you need. Do I need to give or do I need to receive? Do I need to step the fuck up or do I need to slow the fuck down? And I think the more that you can tune in and start asking yourself those questions rather than trying to just figure out the answer, 
so funny. We always want the fucking answer, but we don't always want to search or ask the question. We don't want to search for it or ask. We're like, what's the answer? Like, wait, bitch, what's the question? So I love that. We're not even in a place to receive either. We ask the question, but it's like, slow down a bit and receive. Sometimes we're so consumed about let's move forward. Let's go. Come on, let's go. We're going this direction. Come on, come on faster. And it's just like, no, bitch, slow down. If you slow down a bit, just a bit, when you receive, sometimes you'll get the divine download that you've been asking the whole time, but you just weren't open to receive. Focus on something else. Oh, the juice. Daddy has spoken, bitches. Daddy has spoken. That's, and that's, wow. I feel like I was schooled 10 times over by this whole conversation. Wowzers. <laughs> I fucking love it. I could talk to you all fucking day, but I know if I'm not careful, then this interview is going to be like eight hours long. So <laughs> probably end it here. <laughs> it turns into a saga, uh, a sermon on the mount. A sermon. We're going to need to make a, like a fucking three-part trilogy right? series to this. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I love you, too. Shit, you need to tell us what's going on, where we can find you, what's up next for Coach Kale, a.k.a. Daddy. We need to know Daddy Kale. Daddy Kale. Well, I am actually in a beautiful transition in my business right now where I am launching a two-part series. First is Goddess Soul Activation. That is my first coaching academy all about that deep inner work creating deep alignment within yourself then stepping into your purpose through just being extremely empowered and confident in all areas of your life and then that rolls into boss bitch rising which is a business strategy coaching academy and that is all about online businesses the mindset of being an entrepreneur how you can step into this space safely and start succeeding and up leveling rapidly and this is the trial and error of my business and it's just the proven strategies that works for the entrepreneur especially the new entrepreneur that wants to level the fuck up in their business and i am so on fire about just helping coach boss babes doing the mindset work, doing the inner work, and then stepping into their power through doing all the things that they love doing in life, being fulfilled by in their life. And you can find me on social media. I'm at the Kale Collective. It's the underscore Kale, K-A-E-L, underscore collective with a K. I know it's long as fuck, but so is Lauren's. (laughs) And then my website is (laughs) kaleroberts.com. Oh, also my podcast. Let's not forget that. It is Boss Bitch Rising. I just went through a rebrand and I'm so fucking excited about it. Mm, I love your rebrand. Love it. Yes. Love it. I love don't it. worry, everybody. Her Instagram is going to be in the show notes. You don't have to commit that to memory. <laughs> you better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you better. That's what I always tell everyone. It's like, you don't know how to spell luscious. Look it up, bitch. Look it up. Right. I should just change my Instagram name to like Daddy Big Daddy Kale because that's what I use on all my like. I don't really have TikTok, but that's my name on TikTok. <laughs> like, I don't really have TikTok, but my name on TikTok is Big Daddy Kale. <laughs> no, that shit is fucking confusing. I tried to like maybe I'm just old hag and I don't really understand how to do all this tech stuff, but like 
I really tried, you know, in quarantine, like, all right, I got a little extra time. I need to like move my body. I'll fucking do a dance video. And I had no idea what I was doing. I played with it for like two hours and I didn't get anything accomplished. So I was like, well, okay. nope. Well. <laughs> nope, no, I'm with you. I am, yeah, I'm not savvy to that. That makes me feel old. So all you millennials know what the fucking fuck you're doing. <laughs> Millennials! Millennials! Oh I actually think I'm a millennial too. <laughs> you are technically a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right, daddy. Ooh. All right, my love. Ooh.